Hello, welcome back to episode 54 of Creative Chit Chat. I'm Ryan McLeod and this week my guest is Hayley Scanlon. I mean, I'd imagine quite a lot of you guys will already know who Hayley is, um, but she's a fashion designer. Um, we talk about how she got into that uh, from university, even sort of before that, um, learning their skills off her gran. Um, and I suppose I mean, she's built it up amazingly and she's become like a really well-recognised name and brand definitely locally in Dundee but more so across Scotland across the UK um, and now she's trying to move beyond that into new markets and to develop the brand um, obviously she opened up the shop on Perth Road um, so we go into that as well and so the reason for having a retail space and what she feels about independence in, in Dundee but I think it, it's clear that she's not in it for the the, the fame or that celebrity that can come with that the sort of industry that she's in um, and her world is, is her two boys and she's yeah just dedicated to to her work yeah I mean this week I don't actually think I've got anything to ramble on about um, so yeah let's just be efficient let's dive into the episode so this is number 54 that's with Hayley Scanlon my mum had to me when she was really young she was like 19 and my gran was only 37 when I was born, so it was like a young gran and a young mum. And um, my mum was just always really, really into fashion as well. She was just all, I always remember her like dressing my sister, me and my sister, um, kind of matching and like really, like just always really nice. She always made an effort, you know what I mean? Even within herself, she just always looked really cool and um, she just loved fashion. But my gran, she was actually um, by like hobby kind of thing, a dressmaker. So I used to stay at my grand's, we were like, she was like my best pal and um, I stayed with her every Saturday night and we used to sit and do our knitting and um, make Barbie clothes on the sewing machine before I'd even went to primary school. So oh. I was like a little, little girl and um, not that I was even very good at it or anything, but I was able to, I was able to do it. Um, and I always remember sitting, drawing ladies with like outfits on as far back as I could remember, like I was just always thinking about clothes. Um, my mum always used to say as well that when we'd be out, like maybe out in the town or whatever, I'd come, like when I was tiny, I'd say like, oh mum, remember that girl with like, that you were talking to with like the green earrings and the red dress and like, I'd remember her outfit, like to every last detail. Um, and I think, I don't know, I just always think that it's, it's probably been in, um, just in the family. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just it's just something that's I can't put my finger on like one exact time. It's just kind of always been in my life. So um, that kind of that was there. Um, and then at school at primary, I always remember like I wasn't really that bothered about school. I just loved art. I loved to draw. And I actually won. I think in every primary because my mum and dad kept all the staff and my gran as well. I won every single art competition there was. <laughs> like all through primary school. Um, and yeah, I just wasn't really bothered about anything else. I just loved drawing. I just loved like anything creative. Um, and that definitely came through my gran as well. Like just always kind of, she always like encouraged us to use our imaginations and things like making stuff. Um, even like when we'd go on walks, like the stories and stuff she used to, she used to tell, she was just kind of off her head, but it was brilliant being brought up in that. Do you know what I mean? Like more of a creative and an imaginative kind of background. Um, and I was really lucky. I was a great, I was a like really good childhood with her. So yeah, that's where it started. Um, high school was just the same as well. I just wasn't really bothered, but I loved spending all my time in the art department. And um, yeah, I just knew I wanted to be a fashion designer. But I do remember when um, I, I kind of left school in fourth year, no fifth year, and I got to go back because I realised I'd made a mistake. And I remember my head teacher just like bringing me in her office one day and being like, okay, Miss Scanlon, what is it you actually want to do here? And I was like, I want to be a fashion designer. And she was like, now come on. <laughs> like that's, I, I actually do remember that. And I've got a yearbook as well um, from leaving school in sixth year. And it does say, it's like, where would you like to be in 10 years time? And I've put famous fashion designer. Like it's just all I've ever, ever wanted to do. Um, so I, I ended up, my gran got really, really ill in sixth year, um, she kind of got taken into hospital and I, I stayed with her. So I ended up just leaving school, kind of just because it was during the time of exams and I just ended up like just leaving and going to the hospital every day to see her. Um, and then I, my cousin took me up to Dundee College and I started there the following August, September kind of thing. And I'd done a, 
an introduction because I had no hires. I had nothing when I left. I had my standard grades. Um, and I'd done an introduction to textiles and then I'd done an HND in textiles. So it was three years I was at Graham Street and um, I loved it. Even though my tutors would probably say that I wasn't very focused because that was the time when I was like, just realised I could like go out and stuff. <laughs> go to the Union, go to the Mardi, that's where I used to go <laughs> on a weeknight. Um, but I did really love it and I knew that I wanted to do that. Um, so from then I went to, I actually applied to Edinburgh College of Art first and didn't get in to do fashion design. Um, so a year later, I went to Duncan Johnson and I went straight into second year and done textiles. But textiles wasn't really what I wanted to do. It was fashion. Um, but I, I do remember it was like Andy Pelk, who was my tutor, he interviewed me and he was like, you can, you can kind of focus your textiles towards fashion. So I was really, really kind of adamant that that's what I wanted to do. Um, but I just, I really thought I struggled with the textile part because designing fabrics and things like that just really wasn't what I wanted to do. So I tried to leave in third year, then third year, and I remember Andy just being like, no, you're definitely not going anywhere. Like, you've kind of got to stay. But I always just had in my head that I couldn't do it. He was like, well, I was just like, mine is totally different than everybody else's. Do you know what I mean? Looking around and... Because I was in a class with about 45 people and I remember thinking, like, Mine is nothing like anybody else's here. And he was like, but that's why you're here, kind of thing. So it was, I kind of always struggled, I think, in art college. Um, just because there was no fashion side of it at all. Like, we didn't get trained in absolutely nothing to do with fashion design. I, in Dundee College, we got a little bit of, like, basic, basic kind of pattern cutting skills taught. But it was... I've just kind of self-taught myself mm-hmm. um, and yeah it's it's kind of like you've got to or I don't know I don't know how I've managed to do it if you know what I mean but I really haven't been trained in it at all so between third the end of third year I applied to this is actually quite a funny story I applied to go to well all my friends were in London that were doing course same as mine but they all had like internships in London so I was like, right, I'll apply. This was the time of MySpace. Um, so I sent Jeremy Scott, like, he's now, like, the creative director of Machino. So he's, like, mentally, mentally famous. At this time, he just had his own label. So I was like, right, I'll send him a message on MySpace. Just totally not thinking that he would ever get back to me. Um, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, I would love to intern, blah, blah, blah. And then one night I was out and they came back and in the middle of the night I checked like MySpace and there was a message from him and I was like, it was like a, his profile picture was like Lindsay Lohan wearing his like hoodie and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so he was just like, oh yeah, I would love to meet you and um, send all examples of your work to this email. So I sent all my work over and then the next thing they were like, oh, we'd love to offer you this internship. Um, so this was in, this was in May, 2007. And he was like, well, the woman I was talking to in the email, she said, um, we'd love to offer you the internship from September until March. I was like, right, cool. So blah, 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 everything's great. Told my mum, told my dad. And they were like, oh, great. And my mum was like, where is he based? And I was like, oh, somewhere in London. And they were like, right, well, you should probably find out. And I was like, okay. So I was like, right, um, by the way, where in London are you based? And he was like, London. He was like, based in Hollywood Hills. And I was like, <laughs> I was like... Oh shit! So, um, well, my dad was like, "Well, you've got Hollywood, then, are you?" <laughs> Just put and I was like, "Oh no!" And so, at this point, I was only twenty-three. I had never moved out of my mum's house. I'm like the oldest of five girls, so I lived in the house with my mum and my four little sisters. Never moved out of my house in my life. I used to like go to friends' sleepovers and pretend I had like earaches and stuff, so my mum would come and pick us up. I was just like attached to my mum. Do you know what I mean? Just a total home girl. Um, so I was like, right, okay, I'm going to Hollywood. <laughs> so about a week later, I got another email saying like, oh, we've got a print project come up. Can you come next month? And I was like, yeah. So I ended up going like from June, well, the end of June until March. So I was there for like nine months. So it was just absolutely nuts. Like I remember walking down the Overgate with mum the day before I went. My mum was so, so, like, nervous about me going. 
and so was I, but I just didn't think about it. I just totally blocked out my mind. And I remember she was like, um, Hayley, she was like, you're actually moving to Hollywood tomorrow. And I was just like, shut up, don't speak about it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was actually, it was terrifying. Like it was really, really, really scary. But it was definitely one of the best things I've ever done in my life. Um, so yeah, when I ended up arriving there the 3rd of July. And so the day after was Independence Day. So we were all off. And I remember like my, my first flat, it was like just right off Hollywood Boulevard. Like it was basically like right where the Chinese um, cinema and stuff is. It was like two minutes from there, but there was two cats in it. And I'm really badly allergic to cats. So I couldn't even sleep. My eyes were out puffy like anything. And then I had jet lag. I was trying to phone my mum from a payphone on Hollywood Boulevard and it wouldn't work and I was just in tears, like absolutely in tears. And I went back to the flat and the gay flatmate, he was just like, you okay? <laughs> he ended up taking me to like the gay village in Hollywood for a night out. <laughs> but it was my birthday the next day, so it was fine. But oh God, so from that, I think the first day was the worst, do you know what I mean? I was, mm. I was just absolutely terrified. Um, but then when it actually started working in Jeremy, uh, Jeremy so it was like, four other people and like one of the one of the girls was from London and she was just end up being my really like my best pal and then Sean he was my other best pal he worked he actually still works for Machino now um, and we actually just had the time of our lives honestly like because Jeremy's like a celebrity in LA so we were on the guest list for every single Hollywood party like it's just it's another world do you know what I mean um, but work wise that was why I was there that's the most important part <laughs> Um I did. I learned so much. Like I actually pretended to Jeremy, uh, Jeremy, that I was able to use Illustrator, but I had no clue. <laughs> so when I went, I was actually like emailing my friend Russell Stewart, who was doing graphics. The same. He was in my year back and forth. Like fuck, how do I do this? And he was like just kind of giving me tutorials over email. Um, but it was great. I ended up designing prints for him that was on like his. I think it was spring two thousand, spring summer two thousand and eight collection, and it had been worn by like Kanye West. Uh, Lindsay Lohan, um, loads of celebrities. I can't even think because it was that long ago. But it's in like his, his kind of book. Um, I've done stuff for like Tanqueray Gin because he sponsored his um, after party in Paris Fashion Week. Loads of like amazing projects that you would think to yourself, I'm like a little girl from Dundee at Dungan Jordan. Like, why the fuck am I designing <laughs> for like Adidas? And, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was great. And But they must have seen something in you. To have your yeah. email come through and then to see your work, then there must have been something about that. Because I imagine you're not the only person that's applied no, for No, no, definitely not. No, that it was great. But at the time, you just... Looking back, I'm like, why? how I had the guts to do that? Because now I would be like, oh, no, I can't do that. You just don't ever think that you're, you're um, capable of doing... Like, if I'd known that he was a way to give me projects for that, for, like, Adidas, for Tanqueray Gen, for Subi Jeans as well, and then... All just that whole experience, like the people that we met, the celebrities that we met. We were working with um, Bruce Willis and Demi Moore's daughter, Scout. She was an intern from school. And I remember, like, Sean came in, because I used to design the prints, and I'd be in a little room. We worked from his garage. And Sean came through, and he was like, he was from San Diego, and he was like, Demi Moore is outside. I was like, oh, shut up. <laughs> then the next, I didn't even bother to look outside. And then the next minute, Jeremy came in with Scout, and he's like, Hayley, this is Scout, she'll be working a Tuesday afternoon as like her school project and I was like, okay, and I still didn't register that it was her and then after it, it was like, she used to come in every Tuesday afternoon, it was Demi Moore and Bruce Willis's daughter it was just, the thing, the situations, do you know what I mean, that you, we were involved in one time Bruce picked her up as well and I swear to God, we all just like froze <laughs> and I remember I would always phone my mum and dad every time I'd meet someone famous and they'd be like, Middle of the night, Haley. No, like the time difference. Leave us alone. I'm in my bed. Um, but it was bizarre. It was actually bizarre. But it's it's such a good experience and time in my life that I could always now look back on and like tell my children. Do you know what I mean? Like when they're older and yes, it was amazing. So that that was probably the internship, the most valuable thing for me to learn as a designer. Now having like my own label and stuff, just seeing things firsthand. Like, when I was there, I never expected to think... I never thought for a minute I would end up having my own label. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, seeing... It, it definitely does... It has... I still remember things from that experience that I'm like, oh, this this is how it's done. 
something that you'd never get taught in university. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're seeing like first-hand industry techniques and, and things, the way they work and stuff, and that's something that King Uni doesn't set you up for. So all in all, it was a really good experience. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit wild, but it was great. So uh, did you never have the desire to just say, right, okay, I'm just going to try and stay here? It wasn't really career. an option because, no. well, I um, took a year out. I hadn't even graduated. Mm. So this was between third and fourth year. And the deal was that I would go back and right, finish okay. fourth year. So after I finished there in March and then Jeremy was like best friends with the editor of ID magazine. But that was, she's now the editor of Vogue, Francesca Burns. So he'd set me up with an internship at ID magazine to assist her. So I went to London for three months and was like assisting just like the other side of it you know like the editorial kind of um magazine because i wasn't actually sure where i wanted to be in it but after after doing the internship idea i knew that it was design that i wanted to mm. do so i then went back to duncan johnson so it was a bit of a reality check going back going from there yeah. <laughs> to london to going back to stay with my mum in dundee but it was, it was great i i really miss my family like when i was there I really it was horrible my niece had just been born as well so um, it was hard. It was hard being because it was so far away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But my sister and my best friends they came out to visit and stuff, and it was it was great. But um, it's just another world. It's just like you can't even explain how different it is. Do you know what I mean? So did you go back to to DJ Cad with like, I suppose a lot of confidence? Yeah, definitely. And did you then like have a vision of of exactly where you wanted to go? From yeah, there? yeah, I did. Uh, like. I think print-wise, because that was what I was specialising in, printed textiles, uh, I was a whiz at Illustrator when I went back because I actually fo- had to, I had no choice but to learn it. Yeah. Um, so all my prints, I focused on like digital print and stuff. So yeah, that was, it was evident through my kind of graduate collection. And then I knew that I wanted to do fashion, so I knew I had to make pieces, do you know what I mean, to kind of move forward with that. Um, so yeah, it was... That's exactly what I'd done, and I just stuck in, and um, yeah, the degree show, like you'll know, it was at Vision, so it was like a huge deal. Like degree show is a huge deal anyway, but I think because it was a Vision, there was like so much more, yeah, kind of so, emphasis put on it and pressure on probably the the students as well. And then that was the year that the VNA had announced that they were coming to Dundee, so it was just yeah, so much kind of pressure. But, yeah, there's a lot of focus. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is good though. Mm. Um, so, I mean, after graduating at that point, you'd then finish, you'd done the degree show. Yeah. Um, what were your plans? What, what did you think you were, like, what was yeah. the idea? Was cool? I thought I was going to go to London and get a job. I just thought that that's what would happen. Um, I don't know why, but I just had no, like, had no desire at all to start my own business. I really didn't. I was like, I want to go and work for like a famous fashion house or whatever. Um, but because I'd done the internship already, like that was unpaid, that was like nine months unpaid. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It was like, my mum and dad helped me with that. Um, I couldn't possibly, all the people that were in my year that had went from 40 had moved to London to do internships. So because I'd done that, I couldn't afford to do it. Mm-hmm. So I just stayed here um, and ended up working for an interior designers in um, Perth, like three days a week and just kept doing my own stuff. Do you know what I mean? I started my blog the day I graduated and then because of the earn, well, that sold my jacket. Well, I don't even know. I don't... She asked to buy it, but she didn't end up buying it. But I got huge press. Yeah. So that was on the night of the degree show. So that was Erin O'Connor. Erin O'Connor, supermodel, yeah. yeah. So that was amazing because that was just like... So how did that whole thing come about then? Um, we'd... Um, well, because the V&A had announced they were coming to Dundee, she was like, um, I'm sure she was like a chairperson or she was on the board or something for the V&A. Um, so she had came up to go through the degree show and she it was the only year they've ever done like a little fashion show. So my sister modelled for me and she wore the jacket and the catsuit that I'd made. And then I the, the fashion show went ahead, we were all there, and then all of a sudden like somebody came through and they were like, oh, Hayley, um, Erin O'Connor wants to meet you. And I was like, oh my God, why? <laughs> she was like, she loves your jacket, she wants to buy it. And I just remembered my mum and dad's like, hurry up, go. And I was like, I can't. I was absolutely like shitting myself. And then I went through and met her and she was so nice. And she was just like, I love it so much. Um, could you make me one? 
And then the next thing, it was just like in every single newspaper, like it just, it blew up. It was just mental. And it just, even today, it just seems so surreal. Do you mm. know what I mean? I was like, how did that happen to me? Kind of thing. It was just, it was nuts. Um, but again, it was like, I kind of was like so happy because all the work that it put in, it was kind of like a result of that, which was amazing. Um, so yeah, that, that happened. But then when I was like, she never really got, we kind of we talked for a little bit, but then she never really got back in touch to buy it. Or so, even if it was just the publicity stunt, it kind of done a lot for me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Kind of set me off of a way as like a graduate, and then, um, yeah, I just started my blog from then on, and then I used to I started getting contacted by like Marina from Marina and the Diamonds. She just found it, stumbled across it, and was like, "Can you make my tour wardrobe? I'm touring Katy Perry," and I was like, <laughs> "I'm still making like." dresses on my mum's kitchen table. Do you know what I mean? It was like, that's all I had. I didn't have anything. Um, and then I'd done Little Mix. They wore two, two out, was it two out of four of them? Yeah. Wore my graduate collection to the Glamour Awards in London. And that, like, that was not, that was like, I just sitting in my mum's house making, do you know what I mean, on the table. It's like, I don't have a studio, don't have any money, I had nothing. But you're also quite far removed at, yeah, like, so you're just sort of sending yeah. the stuff away, the stuff away and then seeing the photos, hoping for the best. Yeah, yeah. I was. I'd never met the people. I've still never met a lot of mix. Um, and I do stuff. Still do stuff for them. Um, last year my clothes were in the video for one of them. Um, and the st- I'm still like good. I'm kind of ended up being like good relationship with their stylist kind of thing. So and that's always been a result of them just finding me. So it just mm-hmm. goes to show how much like the internet and like having blogs and do, showing your work on social media, the powerful effect that that has because that has been such an amazing tool for me to kind of showcase my work because being in Dundee, how like before all that, how would you even, how would you show your stuff? Like it's impossible. So that's kind of what happened. So I was just doing my own stuff and then about a year and a half later I ended up pregnant with my twin sons. So and I I was all, I ended up being on my own with the boys since they've been like eight months. So as a single mum and two children, well two well twins, plus starting a business, it's like there's no way I could have ever moved to London or another big city starting up. And and all everybody thinks like, Well, why is she still here? If she's doing that well, why is she still here? Why have you not moved to London? I'm like if you could go and bring up two twins, like twins on your own, and start a business with and sacrificing like money, time, like everything, on you go. But I tell you, it's not easy. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I've ha- not really had a choice but to focus on making it work here because yeah. we don't have anybody else to help us. It's like me and the boys, and I want to show them that you could still do whatever you want to do. Like I probably could have gave up years ago when I found out what was having the boys or when the times were the hardest because it it's not been easy, do you know what I mean? It's, it's been really, really tough. Um, the sacrifices you make like financially, even like the childcare issue, like it's mental, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, I mean, it's hard enough just starting a business. Exactly, exactly. And the stress that comes with it and then the amount of hours that you need to put into it and just, it's just... It, has, it hasn't been easy, but now I feel like I'm kind of getting out of that. Do you know what I mean? I feel mm. like it's progressing. And even looking back, like it's five years since I started, looking back, you, the journey has been it's been crazy. Do you know what I mean? And it's been amazing, but there has been times, and I mean it, like even Christmas there, I was like, right, that's it, I'm done. Just It's just so difficult trying to do everything. And then even when you're trying to take move forward, like we've tried to move out the manufacturing side of things as well so many times you take one step forward and then because other people you're taking two steps back mm. and I just I, at Christmas I was thinking to myself why am I doing this do you know what I mean like for the stress that I go through the, the amount of work I put in sometimes is it worth it but then after Christmas like how well we've done it's like right okay it's worth it and you kind of forget about the you know what I mean the hard times but I suppose that's just part of it you've kind of got to take the good with the bad um but yeah, so ended up just doing it alone with the boys and yeah, it's not been easy, but now 
looking back, like like looking into the future as well, that I, I do feel like it's going somewhere. Do you know mm. what I mean? So did you move from your mum's kitchen table? Mm. Did you go to Wasps? Is that the first sort Wasps, of... Wasps, yeah. To get your own space? I got... Um, I start, when I won the Young Designer of the Year Award, yeah. the boys were only six months old, and I was like... I had only... I only had my graduate collection, so I was up against like people who were actually designers, you know, mm. like proper designers, yeah. studios with label like clothing labels, businesses, and I ended up winning it. And I was like, that was the biggest shock of my life, honestly. And it was a like I would say that's probably one of my happiest moments because I remember that and just being like, oh my god! Like Alexa Chung presented me with the award and stuff, and I was like, I just couldn't believe it. Do you know what I mean? So was- why do you think? Why do you think you, you won that award then? What, what do you think it was know. about that collection that was so um, good? that? I don't know. I just, even now, like, I love that collection. Do you know what I mean? Because, but that was, there was a lot of time and a lot of money went into that. Like, all the digital printing, all the hand embellishment. It was, like, something really different, I think, compared to just, like, even my work now. Do you know what I mean? Because now we take into consideration time that goes into things, what people want to wear, what makes them feel comfortable, where that, to me, was just like a pure dream collection that was right out of my imagination. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That I didn't know how to factor into these things because I wasn't selling at that time. I was just like using my imagination and my creativity to produce the best thing I could possibly make. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I think that's, that's the beauty of university, though. It gives you that freedom. Exactly. Before you sort of land in the world of money and clients. Exactly. And, and it, it doesn't really teach you to think, though, that that's not the right way to do it kind of thing. But... It does give you the time and the kind of the to be able to express yourself and to be able to find your own way and your own design style, which I'm grateful for. Do you know what I mean? Because I I knew when I'd finished fourth year what kind of stuff was my identity. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, which is great. But then using that and then you've got to fact like then when you're a business person you've got to factor in all the other things like time, money, budgets. And it's just like, that's when it gets hard. So that's maybe why you want it. Um, but yeah, it was great. So from then on, that's when I moved to Wasp. And I was, again, absolutely terrified because it was like, i just split up with the boy's dad as well. But instead of, it was a really, really difficult time. But I think instead of getting upset and getting sad, I put all my effort into my work. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's the only way I got out of it, which was a, a good thing. Um, because I started the label, and that was the beginning of it all. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been like a, an emotional journey as well as, like, uh, I don't know. It's just it's just tough. It's been tough, but I don't think anybody sees that. People just see the outcomes of it, like you dressing celebrities, like going like showing in the V and A, like opening a shop and stuff. People need to realise that I've actually done every single bit alone. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Behind closed doors. And it's it's tough, but now as well, I've got like a good team of people, um, in the studio that help, and then now in the shop, I've got staff in the shop who are brilliant as well. And it's important to have that like close knit of good people because people need to all stick together, kind of like to make it work. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So yeah, it's been it's been tough, but it's been it's good. It's good. Because you're sort of, I mean, like you're an ambassador for the city. Mm-hmm. Um, you're also sort of. That's the right term, but you're sort of like one of the poster children of DJ Cad as well. <laughs> one of the inverted commas success stories of of that that they like to push out as well. Um, I don't know why I used to run away from them. All. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I had to crit, I'd run away. But, <laughs> but that's yeah, that's yeah, not exactly. what they're selling, though, is it? No. Um, they're selling the the fact that you're dressing little bit, yeah, yeah, like yeah. All these other things that 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 have come out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but is there? I mean, is there a big responsibility? Um, that comes with that? To be honest, I'm not doing it. I don't do it to be, like, put on pedestal or, like, to be pushed out by DJ Cud or to be pushed out by anybody. I'm just doing it because I actually love to do it and it's it's pretty much all I can do. Do you know what I mean? I don't do it to impress anybody else or anything like that. I'm doing it for myself and then for my children as well to make a living and I, I love it. Do you know what I mean? It's not... And if I could be successful at doing it, well, that's that's pretty lucky. But with that comes like a lot of hard work, perseverance, dedication, sacrifices, everything else. So it's like I have chosen to do it, but it's kind of like 
I don't do it for those reasons. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah, then, yeah. even though there is like a kind of pressure, like I, I don't really. A lot of people ask me to do things. I don't do it. Do you know what I mean? There's only a certain few. Like today, I would do this, but I don't. I get asked to do talks a lot. I don't do it because I don't like it. Um, videos, I just hate. But I've done for like the V and N stuff. Do you know what I mean? They've been so supportive of me. When they ask me, obviously, I'll do it for them. But I get asked to do loads of stuff, and I just don't do it because I'm not doing it to be like in in the papers or in the. Like, I'm not doing it in that way. I'm doing it because I like to do it and that's all I want to do. It's my job. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's not my job to be everywhere else making it look like I'm this kind of person because it's not the person that I am at all. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. If they want to do that, that's fine. <laughs> but I don't go out of my way to impress people or... Yeah, and I like think in the, in the industry you're in, it'd be quite easy Yeah, exactly. To do oh, that. definitely. That's why I feel like I kind of enjoy being up here as well. Um, even though I'm about to start working more in London and stuff. Just like it's more of a reality, like check, and people could just get so carried away. Do you know what I mean? I've seen mm. it happen, and it's just it's just not for me. I just like doing my work, going home, spending time with the boys. Do you know what I mean? Now and again, a wee night out, but not that's it. It's not like you're doing it to for people to think you're this some kind of person or whatever. It's just it's quite the opposite, actually. Mm. You're <laughs> it's not, not. It's not a glamorous lifestyle at all for me. You're not in it for the celebrity. No, definitely not. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about the period from sort of moving into Wasps to sort of where you are now mm-hmm. and opening the shop. Mm-hmm. How how have you grown the business um, and how have you brought people in to help you and what sort of challenges have you faced over that over mm-hmm. that time? Um, so I think like the, probably the main part of it is like obviously you can't do everything alone like in the studio I've had to work with like because I, I'm not trained pattern cutter I've had to employ pattern cutting people um, so it's just finding the right people and finding the people who are as passionate about it as you because when they're not passionate about it and the work that goes into it it never works do you know what I mean they'll, they'll last for us it's happened so many times like people will last for a few weeks then they'll just start dying out and dying out and dying out. Whereas I've had people who have been amazing, like who have been so... Like Kerry Aldo, she was like... She started with me the day I opened the studio and me and her were still like best friends. Do you know what I mean? Even though she does her own stuff now and leads in that. But the two of us together and you could just tell when a person is really into it. So you need to find... It's the people around you that you're, you're working with. You all need to be so loyal and so supportive. And that is definitely how it's worked and it's grown because it, it gets to the stage where you can't do everything on your own. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, and I think, and like I said I said earlier, sorry, there's, there has been, like, so many times that I've been like, right, that's it, I'm, I'm done. Just because of the sacrifices that you have to make, the money, the work that goes into it, it's just, like, sometimes things work, sometimes things don't work. Um, but it's just carrying on even though when even when times are at their lowest mm-hmm. do you know what I mean and I think that's why it has worked it's because I've never gave up on it um, and I've been I've had a vision of where I want it to go and even when times are honestly they're being at the lowest of the low and I've been crying and I've been like not wanting to leave the house just picking yourself back up and just going and I've not just not t- telling yourself you've not got a choice do you know what I mean and you really do need to be hard on yourself because that's just the world. That's just like the way it works. You're not going to get anything for doing nothing. Do you know what I mean? I like my dad always used to tell me, "What you put in, you'll get back out." So I think, yeah, hard work, dedication, um, and just planning things. We we used to make everything in the studio, but now we're selling so much that we can't. But one of my main kind of things that I wanted to the brand to be like to represent was to be like made in made in the UK and being from Dundee and like being brought up with like a dressmaker grand and then like knowing all the factories being here I was like hoping that we'd be able to do it here but then finding the staff here hasn't been great so it's like right first of all we moved to a factory in Edinburgh which was about two years ago now and at the beginning they were great then things just started like fizzle out they would just like make up their own strap length so I was paying for all these garments and I was like needing to fix them all which was a nightmare so I ended up just not using them again 
Then last year we went to one in Glasgow, who again at the beginning seemed great. It was a relationship built up from like the summer last year for a for our autumn winter um, order. And the stress that came with that was honestly, I really felt like I was going to have a nervous breakdown. It was just, it was just nuts. Like the day before we went to pick up the order, they let me know that they hadn't even done half of it. Like the stuff was just, it was just like a waste of materials, a waste of my time driving for back and forth to Glasgow, like quite a lot. Um, I paid an upfront cost of like all the fabric and trimming, zips, everything, which cost a lot. It's all just sitting now in the studio, like, cut, because they didn't make it. So it's like, honestly, that, that was when I was like, right, that's me done. I'm not putting myself through this anymore. So they're no more. That factory are no more now. So that was a bit of a bad experience. But then I feel like from those two bad experiences, manufacturing in Scotland, I've now decided that that's just not going to work. So we're now, I'm going to London in, like, two weeks to meet with people to kind of get it out, like, overseas. Because it's just, you've kind of got to do these things or I'll mm. keep going round in circles. Um, we're not going to grow. We're not going to move on. We're going to just be stuck in this rut. Um, and then, again, just kind of, it's. I feel like now it's time to grow the brand. Do you know what I mean? Outside. We've got a great customer base in Scotland. Like, it's been like that for years. But now it's time to kind of get it out properly. So I think, like, trade shows and stuff, that's what now is the next the next plan. So it's quite scary because that's all something I've been really scared of. Like kind of Dundee and like Scotland's kind of like my comfort blanket. Do you know what I mean? It's like you know that you're selling here mm. but and you know that you're well received here but to do, to have your own brand and something that you love to put it out into a market where you don't know how it's going to be received is pretty, it's pretty frightening but I feel like it's now or never. So. so who do you, like who is your your customer base at the moment who yeah. are your sort of followers and your fans of the uh-huh. of the brand at the moment who um well i always kind of designed for like a young like 18 to kind of 35 that was always like probably the main age but now we've had the shop like the amount of customers we get in it's just bizarre like our t-shirts do so well like they're like amazing and I think they work so well because anyone can wear them. Do you know what I mean? There's like little girls coming in spending their pocket money and Christmas presents. People, because they're at like a reasonable price, people can still buy into our brand and feel like they're part of it, which is probably the best thing I've ever done. But yeah, my, like even people, my mum's like 53, about 354. All her friends wear my stuff. Like there's, there's no, um, I would say there is no age. Obviously, certain pieces you wouldn't expect like somebody to wear that, but it's it's all about how I, I try to like create like kind of timeless pieces that are still distinctive and that are still have my brand identity, but how you style them or how you wear them or whoever wears them can tell a different story. So yeah, it's like I had on the trousers at New Year and um my mum's best friend, her mum, she's bought them for her mum. She's like in her 80s, do you know what I mean? <laughs> so it really, there is no, and I think that's that's kind of shown that I'm doing a good job, mm. that people, women all over the kind of, the age um, thingy, just they want to wear them. So, yeah. Because you're talking about sort of, uh, you mentioned the word like classics, okay, yeah. and timeless yeah. um, sort of pieces. Because, I, I mean... From what I know of it, like the fashion industry is very quick turnaround. Yeah. Like the amount of like collections that go out in a year yeah, is yeah. massive. Um, so where do you where do you fit within all that? And you sort of mentioned your brand identity. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit on that yeah. and just how you see the brand. I'm in. I I would say I'm like in between. Like it's a contemporary brand, so it's in between high street and high end because the stuff isn't isn't cheap and it's not fast turning around we're not fast fashion do you know what I mean we're mm. not exploiting people in factories to to quickly turn around these items that are going to fall apart like it's good quality fabric it's good quality made um, it's timeless pieces that we we'll hope that people can still wear in one year and ten years and twenty years and pass them on to their children do you know what I mean they're not going to the quality isn't going to disintegrate kind of thing so but again it's not luxurious that luxurious that it's high end and because I'm like an ordinary kind of girl from Dundee, I want ordinary girls all over the world to be able to afford this. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even like it is slightly more expensive for the dress, but I, because I love fashion, I would I would save up 
and buy myself that dress and it's because you know it's something you can keep for years do you mm-hmm. know what I mean rather than wear something once from like I don't know high street shop or online high street store and then the next minute you only wear it once and then you don't ever wear it again that's it gone it's not like that do you know what I mean it is it's stuff that's it's classic and it's supposed to be kept and worn and looked after and that's why it's designed the way it is because it's fashion and it's like it's art as well do you know what I mean I'm like as well as being a designer I'm definitely an artist because all my collections have stories and there's like thought process behind every single thing and it's there's it's a process and it's a journey that I've put into it rather than just being like seeing something on the catwalk and just ripping it off do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it's like that's what why being a designer that's the whole point so how does your creative process work say you've got a new collection yeah that you need to create well i'd start off with like obviously picking up i would start like on pinterest with like boards and stuff probably like picking up what colors and stuff like there is trend things that are set out but i try not to follow them but obviously you are affected by them with just social things and and the way things move um but usually I start with like colours and I start with like fabric. So ordering samples and stuff, fabric, seeing if they're going to work with things. And then I try to develop on things that I've made in the past collection. Like, because when you're making stuff, you're like, oh, how cool would that be and that? But you don't have time to do it in that collection. So I'm like, right, we'll keep that for the next. So yeah, just developing on um, certain styles and stuff from previous collections. Um, obviously, like you are affected by what goes on around you on like social media, um, celebrities, like bloggers, people that are influencers in the fashion industry, and you know that's what that's what girls look up to. So mm. that's the kind of things that they want to wear. So again, taking into taking those things into consideration as well as like time takes to make stuff, the money you've got to make it, um, just all these things then factor in. So it's not just about creating your dream dress or creating like a nice jacket you've got to work out are people going to buy that at that cost um is the amount of work that goes into that sufficient for how much people do you know what i mean it's it's there is a lot to take into it but i feel like now this is like the 13th collection i'm about to do we've kind of mastered what we, we know what sells we know what people don't feel comfortable in with do you know what i mean it's like so i've kind of got it down Maybe not to a T, but we do understand it a lot better than we did five years ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's that's just how it goes. And then I kind of always think of, in my head, I've always got the vision of who's wearing this outfit. Do you know what I mean? And then I take into consideration a lot of what I would like to wear as well. And that's always kind of like, that's pro- probably the backbone of it as well. Because I'm thinking to myself, well, if I'm not going to wear it, who's going to wear that kind of thing? So, yeah, it's a lot of things that factor into it. So, I mean, how big is your team at the um, moment then? At the moment we've got, so there's me, there's three girls in the shop, there's me, um, there's Jodie, so there's five, and then there's two interns, so there's seven just now, but we're, we're advertising, I'm going through interns just now, so applications. So I'm hoping to get maybe another two, maybe three, so probably about ten, usually about ten. Um, but the interns only come in like one day a week at the most or okay. like an afternoon you know what I mean just because they're all they're all students and stuff so um, whenever they can kind of thing but then again I need to um, organise it so that I do have help every day in there because you can't do it on your own in there it's just wild mm-hmm. so yeah it's good it's great experience for them to have that on their doorstep whereas when I had to go to LA to do it do you know what I mean yeah Exactly. I would have loved that to have someone here to do it. So they're quite lucky. Mm. But then I'm grateful as well for their help. So they're all great girls. So how did the the shop come about? Because you had the studio for a yeah. while and then yeah. you decided that you wanted your own retail space. Yeah. So how did that decision um, come I've kind of always wanted to shop for... It was about a couple of years now. At first I always thought online would be the way, but... I always used to get messages like from customers like, oh, can I come and see the collection? And... The studio wasn't a public place. Do you know what I mean? It's like coded for about... It's coded about three times till you can get to the door in my studio. So trying to tell people that, it was just like... I used to kind of end up turning away a lot. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So it was... This time last year, actually, I ended up getting the lease. I got up from the 1st of February, 2017. And I was like, I just need to do it. And I was, again, so terrified. But ended up being one of the best decisions I've made. Because it's only open Thursday to Sunday... But the stock is there, do you know what I mean? Even if I make up something quickly and put it in the shop, 
someone could go in and see that and appreciate it and want to buy it. Whereas if you're a photo online just doesn't do it justice, especially with the type of fabrics, the type of detail that I use. It's it always people, the reaction you get from people be like, oh my God, I didn't realise it looked like that. Or was that online? I never noticed it. And I'm like, yeah, it was online, but it just looks totally different. So it's been such an important and valuable like thing that I've done. Um, but I, I'm never in there. I kind of wish I could work in there more, but being, I'm in the studio Monday to Friday and then being off, I need to be off at the weekends with the boys because they're like at school now. So the only free time they've got is weekend. So I'm never in there, but it's, it does really well. It's really good. It's tiny, but that's all we need. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's just, it's perfect for us. But soon I would like to kind of expand like and have the studio and the shop in the same place. And that's the only issue we've got because I'm just constantly running back and forward. Do you know what I mean? Mm. See, if you had it like close together, it'd be great. But it's just finding the right location. But I've got my eye out, so who knows what'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I mean, obviously, you're an independent that started in mm-hmm. Dundee. Um, and there are, I mean, there's a few other guys doing mm-hmm. it. Um, I mean, sort of CarterCon just yeah, down yeah. the road and things They're like that. Um, but I mean, I'd love to see more. Yeah, exactly. So from your perspective, having done it, mm-hmm. what what could we be doing better to help encourage independence or help to support independence? Um, the brands, I think, are great. I'd like Postal as well. They're in Manifesto. Um, CarterCon. Um, I think... They're, they're doing so well because they've got their own identity. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yep. I think there's so many people that come along and try to do it, but they're jumping on the back of designers here that have already got their own identity and that's that never lasts. Do you know what I mean? You're only going to survive if you're able to do your own thing and have a strong, your own identity. People can see a mile off when you're copying someone else. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the reason they're both doing so well because even though they are a similar kind of... Um, in the same same market kind of thing, they're both really different, um, and I think that's why they're doing good. But in terms of like supporting maybe other kind of up and coming brands and designers, like there needs there definitely needs to be more help. But I wouldn't even just say in Dundee. I would even say in Scotland because I've never really had the the V and A and stuff have been great. But I mean they're they're busy doing their own thing. But how supportive they've been with me has been amazing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but. There, there should be like some kind of, I don't know, system that, that does support. Do you know what I mean? And to, there's only so far you could go in Scotland as well. There needs to be somebody that you know or somebody that could guide you kind of thing mm-hmm. to move out. Because so that's where like I've struggled. A, a mentorship type. Exactly. And that's where I've struggled because I've done it here. It's like, so how do you grow out here? I've never had any support or any guidance or anything like that. It's all trial and error. But... If I was able to have somebody that's able to mentor you, imagine how far and quick you could go. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Without maybe going down the wrong path or whatever. So I think something like that would be definitely valuable here. Um, or even... I know there is things in Scotland, but I feel like the, the only really focus on... This is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Glasgow and maybe Edinburgh. Do you know what I mean? Bigger cities. But Dundee's got a huge kind of up-and-coming scene like for design and like brands and... And it's only going to grow, I think, now with like DNA and things like that coming here. People are really starting to notice Dundee. Um, but yeah, I think definitely some kind of, I don't know, even like talks, master classes, I don't know, just something that could involve ordinary people. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And let them believe that you can do it when you, if you wanted to do it here. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, out, out with that, mm-hmm. are there any other changes that you'd like to see in the city? Um, probably just more support for creatives. That's what I think. Even like young people, do you know what I mean? Because it's like I get messages quite a lot from like, oh, my niece or my daughter wants to be fashion designer. Could you like? I'm like, I can't physically do. Maybe if I started up my own thing, mm. but at the moment it's not something I could do. Do you know what I mean? We're busy in there all the time. We can't just bring people in and out to help. But imagine like little classes or something for people like young people teenagers or even like adults who have kind of maybe always wanted to do it but have had to work or do you know what I mean or maybe just realize that they want to do it like there is so much that we could offer here it's like a, not just me like there's this building's like full of creatives do you know what I mean the time's buzzing with them mm. so it should be something that maybe could be set up for anybody to come along to Going forward, you said that you want to combine your studio mm-hmm. and your shop space. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of, I suppose, maybe a short-term yeah. goal. Um, 
But I mean, where, where do you want to be, say, five, maybe ten years down the line? What's, what's the big goal? What's your ambition? For um, just to have, like, an established brand, really. To have it so we're selling still. So people are still interested in ten years. People still want to wear it in ten years. And that there's some, there's like absolute security there. Do you know what I mean? Where we're, we're in the, yeah, we're just secure and we're, I'm still able to do what I want to do and people are still appreciating it. That's kind of the main goal. Great. Um, so if anyone wants to find out about you, um, where will they find you online? Um, HaleyScanlon.com. And you could email me through there. I'm always happy to answer questions. And the shop is, is at 186 Perth Road in Dundee. It's open Thursday to Sunday. And you can still buy everything online as well at HaleyScanlon.com. Thank you. <laughs> Big thank you to Haley for coming and doing the episode. Um, hopefully you got a nice insight into her career and I suppose some of the, the struggles and the behind the scenes and yeah, that, that doesn't necessarily get talked about all the time. Um, if you don't already... You can follow the podcast, it's at CCC Dundee on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can go facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash CCC Dundee um, if you want to join the group. And it's the best way to keep up to date with everything that's happening. As I said, next week is a bit of a surprise episode. And then we'll be taking a little bit of a break after that. Um, also, I mean, we've had, looking at the stats, we've had... Um, I mean, a crazy amount of listens, um, like 50-odd listens from out in Japan and I think the same out in America. Um, I mean, I don't know that many people out there. So if you are out listening to us, give me a shout. Uh, let me know on Twitter if you're enjoying it, um, how you came across it as well, because I have no idea, but I mean, it's great. But that's it. Yep. All done. Episode 54. I will catch you next week. Bye. Bye.